take a deep breath and remember there's a power breathing you. This is your space of sanity in an evolving world where we learn about spiritual law and how to apply it to our lives in a way that is practical and life-changing. This is where we remember truth to make the world a better place one person at a time. I'm Claire Lotier, inspirational speaker, teacher of the technology of transformation, and a certified life mastery consultant and spiritual coach. Welcome to the Grace Space. We're exploring the six gifts of grace, these powers that we've been given by grace to commune with and bring forth that which the infinite wishes to express through us in the form of our highest aspirations and the most cherished dreams of our hearts. Grace is the unmerited favor of the divine. In other words, it's a gift that we didn't have to do anything to deserve. It already belongs to us. It means that everything is for us, that the entire universe supports our growth, our prosperity, our continued creative expression. By grace, we have access to these six gifts or higher mental faculties, which are like tremendous superhero powers. They're part of our inborn, innate capacity to create just as the infinite creates. We are made in the image of God. In other words, we have the same capacity to bring forth a reality of our choosing. In fact, we bring forth a reality automatically, but more often than not, people do this unconsciously because most people don't realize that they are the one and only creator in their world. They don't yet understand that the treasure house of infinity is within them and that they can provide for themselves anything their heart desires. The grace space is a place where we continually study and improve our currency with universal law, the permanent principles which govern all of creation and which are immutable. We didn't make up these laws. They weren't our idea. They are God's idea. We can't do anything to change them. Our job is just to get into alignment with them. That's what I mean when I use the word currency, which comes from the word current, which refers to the flow of something. So currency with universal law is about getting into the flow with what's already there. For example, you don't go out and get abundance. Abundance is a frequency and a state of consciousness. We get into harmony with it so that it can appear in our lives. Because if we're not tuned into the frequency of abundance because our attention is on lack and scarcity, there's no way we're going to demonstrate abundance in our experience. That's how it is with universal law. We're not making it up or creating it. It's already there and we're already operating by it because we're subject to it. We can never be separate from it, but we need to learn how to get into harmony with it because most of us are running around saying we want one thing while we're thinking another thing. And that simply isn't going to work because the law always creates through us based on what we're thinking deep down, what we really believe in our heart of hearts to be true, even if it isn't true. This is the power of our belief, which reigns supreme. 
And because we've all been given free will to experience life in all its possibilities and permutations across time, space, and the dimensions, our choices are always honored by the source or the infinite intelligence, even when they're going to bring about conditions that might cause us to suffer. Because this is how we eventually learn to go with the flow instead of against it. I start to realize I am the only thinker in my universe. So no matter what I think, I'm the one who's thinking it. I create from my thought and I am the sole originator of what I experience. This is why it behooves us to learn the language of the law, the language of spirit, and to learn about the gifts we've been given, freely given, so that we can activate them in our lives as conscious creators, bringing forth a totally unique creative expression of our essence as source beings, beings who come from the light and who are here to express that light in the ways that feel most wonderful to us and which bless us and bless all other beings and the world. Because realize that when you get into the flow, when you get into the harmony with the law, you not only bless yourself and your own life, but you also and always bless all beings in creation. The highest good of one is never in conflict with the highest good of all, because perfect order, harmony, balance, and beauty are the hallmarks of this universe. So last time we talked about our six gifts of grace or higher mental faculties, and we explored the power of our imagination and its role in the process of manifestation or reality creation. Today, we're going to be looking at another one of these gifts that are already ours by the grace of the infinite that we are, and that is intuition. Well, intuition is a word most people are familiar with, even if they're not exactly clear on what it means or how it works or if they have it. So let's start by saying that everyone has intuition, and that includes you. And not only that, but everyone has perfect intuition. Take the pressure off yourself right away that your intuition somehow isn't as good as someone else's. Your intuition is already perfect. What we can all get better at is developing our relationship with that intuition. Gandhi said that the intuition, which he called the voice for truth, speaks to every person on the planet every single day. But its voice is only as loud as our willingness to listen to it. We can all afford to develop and actually utilize our intuition. Imagine someone said to you, there's a power within you, a voice you can ask about anything you want to know. It has the answer to any question you could possibly ask. It has the solution to every problem you could ever encounter. And it knows the path to any dream you can conceive of in your mind. And no, I'm not referring to Siri or Alexa. If only we would call upon our intuition as often as we pick up the phone to look something up. I'm serious. Have you noticed that since we started using the GPS for everything, our sense of direction has been compromised? Well, I don't know if that's true for you, but it's definitely true for me. When I've got the GPS going, I don't listen to myself anymore. I barely even look at the street signs. I just wait for the GPS to tell me what to do. And you know, sometimes the GPS makes mistakes. It doesn't position you correctly. It doesn't actually know where you are. And there have been times the GPS tells me to do something and I'm thinking, 
how can that be? That doesn't seem right. And I go ahead and follow what it says only to take an exit into a traffic jam or end up on a road going nowhere while it reboots itself and puts me right back where I had been before the faulty instruction. Why have I been such a slave to the GPS in the past? I'll tell you why. Very often I've been in a foreign country or on a tight schedule and I was afraid of getting lost. In other words, I trusted the GPS more than infinite, all-wise, and all-knowing spirit within me. Even as I'm saying that to you now, it sounds totally crazy. But remember the old days before GPS, we had these paper things called maps if we needed them. But mostly we just drove around and looked for things or turned off on a certain road on a hunch. And we found what we were looking for. When I was a kid, we would take family trips in the summer with my French family, either in Europe or in the United States, and we'd travel in two cars or more for long distances. And I remember we'd sometimes lose track of each other and have to pull off on the side of the road and just trust that the others would come along eventually. We had no cell phones. We had no GPS. Just an idea where we were all going, all of us, and we always got there. Since we became so reliant on our devices, with everything we've gained, there's also been a loss of some of our most important faculties. These connectivity devices are amazing. They're a blessing, but they can't replace the real thing, which is our intuitive faculty. In fact, I believe they're simply part of the evolutionary process by which we're all learning that we are all connected, that all information is in the air, so to speak, and we can access it. And the truth is we don't need our devices or satellites to access it. We already have a built-in device that is infinitely more sophisticated and sensitive than the most powerful human-built technology. These six gifts we're exploring are part of our interface with the infinite intelligence, which provides us with everything we could ever want or need. There are billions of individual brains on this planet, but there's only one mind. We can call that mind the universal mind, the infinite intelligence, the source, God, the quantum field, whatever you want. It doesn't matter. It's the same thing. All of our brains, our devices, are connected to this one mind. It's like a computer. We can use our laptop like a glorified typewriter to create a document, and of course it will function in that capacity. But we can also use it to get on the internet to search for information we might need in the creation of that document. As soon as we type our request into the search field, everything that's a match for that answer comes back. Within our mind... We have the conscious mind, which receives information from the outside world via our five senses and is rational and can make decisions and accept or reject information. Think of that as the part of the mind that's creating the document in our current metaphor. Then there's our subconscious mind. It's like the computer hard drive. It doesn't have that capacity to reject information. It just accepts what it's given, much like a hard drive that accepts whatever software is installed. And it has a massive hard drive of information, including every single memory of everything you've ever been through and every detail of every experience you've ever had. It's the storehouse of emotion and memory. It records and it stores everything and is the repository of your belief systems, your paradigms. 
Also, whatever is impressed upon the subconscious mind by the conscious mind affects the entire body because the physical body outpictures the subconscious mind. It expresses it. It's an instrument of consciousness. We can call it the subconscious or the subjective mind because it is subject to the conscious mind. It receives whatever the conscious mind delivers to it and accepts it as a reality. So the conscious mind gives information to the subconscious mind and the subconscious mind accepts it as reality. But it's not just a one-way street. The subconscious is part of the universal mind, the infinite intelligence, the source or God, the quantum field, whatever you want to call it, the internet. It's part of it. It partakes of it. The subconscious mind can also communicate with the conscious mind. And the intuition is that faculty by which the subconscious mind can transmit anything from the infinite intelligence through to the conscious mind. The conscious mind asks the question, like typing your request into the search engine, and the infinite intelligence immediately responds. The intuition is that little voice, that still small voice that speaks to you, that you feel or sense coming through to your conscious awareness with the information or the guidance you need. Now understand this, there is no question that doesn't already contain the answer. The answer comes with the question. There's no problem without a solution. And there's no dream that you can conceive of that doesn't already have a path to it. If the question is there in your mind, the answer is already there as well in that same mind, because your mind is part of the universal mind and your intuition is the faculty which interfaces with the universal mind to bring you the answer. But you have to keep the channel open. Mostly what we do is ask a question, then get distracted by a million other things or by appearances on the level of fact and doubt ourselves. We allow the conscious mind to argue with the infinite and that cuts off the flow of intelligence that's coming to us and is coming to us all the time. One thing about our intuition is that it's never off. It's like a receiver that constantly receives messages from the infinite intelligence for you. Now, whether you allow yourself to receive those messages from your intuition is another thing. Have you ever had a feeling or a gut sense or a hunch or an inner voice tell you something and your logical mind got in there and argued for why you shouldn't listen to it? Or maybe you just didn't trust it. And later you realized, wait a minute, I knew, I knew, but I didn't listen. We might also reject information from the intuitive faculty because we believe our intuition would only weigh in on the big, important issues. So we don't listen to it about the small stuff. But again, it's never off. It's constantly sending you a stream of messages because the life principle via your subconscious mind is always wanting to protect and promote you. Its tendency is always lifeward towards more life, greater life. It preserves you and it seeks to exalt you because the infinite is seeking to expand through you. It always has your highest good in mind at every moment of this eternal now. So it weighs in on anything and everything equally that affects you. A lot of people ask me, how do I recognize the intuition? Or how can I know if a voice in my head is my intuition or something else like fear? 
Well, first of all, your intuition is never frantic. That's why it's called the still small voice. If you're freaking out and a voice is screaming at you, that's not your intuition. That's fear or, or it might be ego. Your intuition is dispassionate and it speaks to you in ways that you understand. Also, it does not explain. It simply points the way. We confuse ourselves when we start arguing with our inner knowing or allowing appearances to cast doubt on our intuitive knowing. My mentor, Mary Morrissey, says that recognizing the voice of your intuition, your inner knowing, is like recognizing any other voice that you're very familiar with. When you hear the voice of a loved one, you don't question or doubt that it's their voice. You know their voice. You recognize its vibration and tone. It's the same thing with the voice of your intuition. It also has a vibration that you can learn to recognize. So here's a practice to help you strengthen your relationship with your intuition. Step one is to decide. Make a commitment to listening to your intuition by stating in writing and out loud the following. Now you can choose your own words, of course, but this will just give you an idea. For the next seven days, I commit to paying attention to and strengthening my relationship with my inner guidance. I allow myself to trust in and follow my inner voice, which is all wise, all knowing and perfect. Step two, choose an area of your life where you would like to see some improvement. Maybe you're looking for more fulfillment in a relationship. Maybe you want to start a new vocation. Maybe you want to heal yourself of a physical condition or free yourself from a limiting or destructive habit. Choose one thing to focus on. Step three, sit quietly and ask a question of your intuition related to that area, such as what's one inspired action step I can take to serve my ideal in this area. Or you might ask for a sign to help you make a decision about something. Step four, express gratitude for the answer even before you receive it. Feel a sense of grateful expectation of the answer and be open to any answers or signs you receive by making a note of them in your journal. For seven days, refuse to entertain doubts or arguments from your intellect about facts or appearances that contradict your guidance. So that's the process. And this is something you can dedicate a few minutes to in the morning and the evening or any time of day that you feel inspired to do so. Make sure to acknowledge and follow through on the guidance you receive. This is going to help you establish a new habit of trusting your intuition. You may receive a response right away, or it may take longer, but trust that all is in perfect order. Remember that the answer you seek is already there and decide to be receptive to it. Let me know how you go. And I'll see you back here again next week. We'll be talking about the higher faculty of will. And I'm not talking about willpower. This is far more powerful than that. So stay tuned. Thank you for joining me in the grace space where you're always in the right place. If you love this podcast, I invite you to subscribe to it and submit a review if you feel called to do so. Also, be sure to sign up for my newsletter right here. I look forward to spending this time with you again next week. Meanwhile, I send you love and blessings.
for now.